You're looking as though we've had a mess of dill pickles for lunch. And we ought to be able to rejoice. And I, uh, I had my phone out while I go preach here. I wasn't on Facebook. I just glanced and the preacher had texted me and said, you have such a sense of date open and I've learned not to put those things off. And I looked on my calendar and I said, yes, I'll call you after church. I met him down in camp meeting with George Griffiths some years ago and, and the priest's camp meeting and he said, well, I want to have you come to Evansville, Indiana and to preach for us and I'll get a hold of you. He went on about two or three years and he called me and he said, I'm having evangelist day in January, can you come? All day, just a Sunday, he said, I want to expose my people to evangelism and the evangelist style of preaching. So I went and got home and uh, he called me again and said, I'd like to have you back next year for revival. And I did that and got home this year and he, he called me and said, I'd like to have you to come with, and preach with George Griffiths on Sunday night, or, uh, New Year's Eve tonight. And I said... I've already got that booked. And he said, okay, we'll check. And he just texted me, I wanted to know if I had February open. So I couldn't put that off. I had to say, hey, I'll call you. Preacher, I've enjoyed being with you folks again today. And uh, good spirit in the church. <laughs> My memory's been, I've been concerned about it for the last couple of years. And, but today it's worked pretty good. I think a lot of times the spirit of the church has something to do with it. You know, when you look out and, Folks are sitting there and they kind of have a look on their face like, man, I wish he'd shut up so we can get out of here. Why in the world are we here anyway? Why can't we just stay at home? It doesn't help your mind. <laughs> doesn't help your mind too much, amen? <laughs> anyway, turn, if you would, to the book of Deuteronomy tonight. Deuteronomy chapter number 19. And I, I want to read one verse from here and then another verse. But I, I want to... Man, God's blessed you folks here at Hope Baptist Church. And He's blessed you tremendously. And one of the reasons for that is that you've stayed with the Word of God. So I just want to try to encourage you tonight to make a decision that you're just going to enter 2024 with the ideal that there's some things that we're not budging on. We're going to guard the doctrines that of this church. As I said this morning, some things ought to change from time to time. My, there's some things that ought never to change. Things that you're going to have to guard. Now look at chapter 19, look at verse number 14. Thou shalt not remove thy neighbor's landmark, which they of old time have set in thine inheritance, which thou shalt inherit in the land that the Lord thy God giveth thee to possess it. Now, in this chapter, verses 1 through 13 deals with the laws concerning uh, the cities of refuge. Then we get down to this one verse, and it's the law concerning property boundaries. We get down to verse 15 through 21, the rest of the chapter, and it's the law concerning witnesses. When a man goes to court, God said there has to be more than one witness. You can't put a man to death. By the way, God believed in the death penalty. You cannot put a man to death at the mouth of one witness. It has to be at least two. So he's given us some laws, some things to follow here. So I want to take this passage tonight. Look over, let me give you one more verse to read with me. Just flip over, if you would, to chapter number 27. Just flip over a little bit to chapter number 27. Notice what he says in verse 17 concerning the same subject. Chapter 27 
And verse number 17, Cursed, notice that word. Cursed be he that removeth his neighbor's landmark. And all the people shall say, Amen. I want to speak a little while tonight on the thought or on the subject guarding the landmarks. Guarding. He said, Cursed be the man that removeth his neighbor's landmark. Our Father, tonight we are grateful for this privilege you granted us. Be able to gather together tonight around the Word of God to study its truths. Lord, tonight we need your wisdom. We need your power. God help us tonight to say only things, those things that are needful for this particular group that you've assembled here tonight. God help us to guard the landmarks. Lord, we've made it through another year by your grace. Lord, the landmarks of the Hope Baptist Church has not been tampered with, have not been moved, not been pushed back. So God, help us to decide as we go into this new year with your help, we'll stick with the landmarks. We'll not budge. We'll not move them. God, help us to make that decision in our heart now here tonight. And we'll thank and praise you for what you're going to do. We ask in Christ's name for his sake. Amen. Now, the Bible talks about these landmarks. And not only, not only was they, were they mentioned here, but the word's mentioned four times in the Bible. Twice this mentioned in the book of Proverbs, Proverbs 22. Verse number 28 said, Remove not the ancient landmarks which thy fathers have set. Then in Proverbs 23.10, Remove not the old landmark, and enter not into the fields of the fatherless. So four times we are warned in the Bible not to tamper with the landmarks. Now, the landmarks were boundaries. Uh, they were borders that divided the property lines. Uh, uh, these landmarks or these property uh, uh, boundaries were, were small heaps. These landmarks were small heaps of stones or maybe a single tree or, or maybe uh, some fields or whatever. I was down in Pennington Gap, Virginia some years ago, and there was a family member who lived out in the country. I'd not been there before, hadn't really seen him before. He was a, a, a family member by marriage. And, and uh, we were there, and I, he was up in years. I, I was probably 30. He was in his uh, 70s, mid-70s, maybe 80. And I had a nice piece of property there. And, and I struck just making conversation. And I, I asked him, uh, how, how big is your property you have here? I said, where's it start? Where's it end? And he said, well, he said, you go down there, and there's a river back behind him. And and he said, you go back there to the river. He said, did you see, when you went down there early taking a walk, did you see, did you see that swinging bridge? And I said, yeah. He said, well, that's where my property goes to. And he said, now, if you go a little bit farther, there's a, there's a group of trees. And he said, my property goes from that swinging bridge uh, up to those trees. And back over here, he said, there's a cliff. And he goes right through that. What was he telling me? He was talking about those boundaries that separated his property line uh, from others. Now, dishonest people uh, could move these landmarks little by little. Just a little bit at a time. Preacher, the devil is going to try his best to destroy Hope Baptist Church in 2024. He tries it all the time. The thief coming not but to steal, to kill, and destroy. But I've come that you may have life. So the devil's going to try to get you to doubt certain things, certain Bible doctrines. He's going to try his best this year, so I just want you to know you're going to have to guard the landmarks. The devil's going to try to move them little by little. He's not going to come in and say, well, you know, that old Bible's not true anymore. No, 
Little by little, he's going to lead up to those things. I just say tonight, we need to guard uh, the landmarks. He said, cursed, uh, cursed be he that moveth his neighbor's landmark. In other words, there was a curse pronounced upon those that removed uh, those landmarks. Uh, what may you and I learn from this tonight too? I believe that it is responsibility of the people of God, along with their preacher, to guard the landmarks. We say, well, the preacher, yeah, he's, he's got to he's, he's stand for it, and he's got to teach it, but you're going to have to get behind him. See, it's your responsibility to guard them. If I was in the church, I, and the preacher got up one day and said, you know what, uh, I, I've been listening to so-and-so, and he makes a lot of sense, and I think maybe it's time that we change the Bibles. Well, you have responsibility as a child of God. I say what you ought to do is find you a church that still believe the Bible. Guard the landmarks. Guard the landmarks. Hey, I, I love my church. I've been there. I've been in this church, I don't know, 40 years or thereabouts, somewhere along there, maybe a little bit over 40 years. Uh, my kids grew up in it. They went to a school there and all of that. Uh, but if the time ever comes, that they've switched Bibles, I'm out of there so fast it make your head swim. Well, I'm going to guard the landmarks. Now, they can do what they want to do. I'm not falling for it. There are certain things that I'm going to stand for. As I mentioned this morning, a little penny, there's some things that are good. There's some good change, but there's some things that you and I ought not to change. There are some landmarks that ought not to, to be removed tonight. Sometimes good people who are deceived themselves uh, are deceived into believing that you must teach uh, you must not teach anything that is, con, that is contrary or causes division. That sounds real good. Preacher, we want to have peace in the church and we don't want any division. Sometimes there may have to be division. You say, well, I don't understand it. Listen to what Jesus said. Luke chapter 12, verse 21. Suppose you that I have come to give peace on earth? I tell you, nay, rather division. Sometimes God causes division. He separates the wheat from the goats. He causes division sometimes. That ideal uh, that we will, we can't say that we may cause a division. It may just be of God. Maybe somebody's tampering with the landmarks. Uh, you speak out against it, and somebody's going to say, Well, you know, preacher, you're, you're, just too, you're just too judgmental. You ought not to judge. Preacher, I know you've heard it. Some of you folks heard, I heard it all my life. I hear it all the time yet. Well, you know, the Bible said, judge not. Boy, that sounds real spiritual. Now, sometimes when people, I hear that so much, it irritates me a little bit. And sometimes I'll get a little bold, and I try not to be one-on-one. -on -one. I do my preaching from the pulpit and try to be real nice one-on-one. -on -one. But sometimes I say, boy, it's nice to see that at least you read Matthew, the first six chapters in verse 1 of chapter 7. What do you mean? Because chapter 7, verse 7 said, Judge not that you be not judged, but had you continued to read the chapter. Had just down to verses 15 and 16, you shall know the, you shall know, you shall know the prophet by his fruit, the tree by its fruit. He's talking about false teaching, false prophecy. He's saying, listen, when you look at a tree, what do I do when I look at How do I know an apple tree is an apple tree? I have to judge it, can I not? Well, you ain't supposed to judge. Well, Jesus said in verses 15, 16, I am to judge. Now, in verse 1, he says, I'm not to judge. 
What's he talking about? There's some things that I, 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 you say, I'm going to heaven. I can't look at you and say, no, you're not. I'd be judging you then. I don't know that. Based upon your testimony, I say, that person is saved. They may not live like they're saved, but they're saved. They said they were. I have to take them at their word. But now listen, when you come to me and tell me, uh, well, I'm not supposed to judge, I'll say, read the rest of the Bible. He that is spiritual judgeth all things. Man, I can take the Bible and show you time and time again where the Bible tells us we are to judge. In fact, I preached a message somewhere years ago. I'll get it out for long and do it again. And uh, rethink it and do it again. Uh, and it's entitled to judge or not to judge. Sometimes we have to do some judging. Uh, now, spiritually, these landmarks indicate the boundaries between God's ways uh, and man's ways. The spiritual landmarks of the Old Testament were the laws of Moses. We saw that here in chapter number 28 or 27 and chapter number 19. The landmarks in the New Testament are found in the gospel of Christ. The landmarks represent the doctrines of the faith and the fathers represent the apostles. See, the fathers, those landmarks thy fathers have set... And in the New Testament, our forefathers uh, and the apostles, they taught us Bible doctrine. We're to stick with that Bible uh, doctrine. You and I are responsible for... And when we have the responsibility, I should say, of making these landmarks uh, of the church, uh, making sure they are not uh, removed. Uh, Jude chapter 1, verse 3, some of you know the verse, said that we are to contend for the faith. That word contend, if you look it up, it means to fight. Oh, I don't believe it. We are to fight for the faith. Preacher, when that person comes in trying to change the church, hey, I don't like the music. I think we ought to get something more modern. I think maybe, I think maybe we ought to do something different. Listen to them for a while and see what they're saying. But if they're saying, listen, preacher, I... That old songbook, uh, them old songs about the blood, uh, we don't need them any longer. Uh, those offend people, then it's time for him to hit the road. You don't change to please one person. If you do, man, you're forsaking the landmarks tonight. Let's stand for the truth of the Word of God. Uh, a while back, a survey was taken. I read this. I went online and found it a while back. survey was taken of 500 pastors. They were asked if they believed the Genesis account of creation. Forty-seven, preacher, forty-seven percent said they did. Five percent said they were uncertain. And forty-eight percent said they did not. Did you catch that? Forty-seven percent said, I believe it. Forty-eight percent, more than half, said, I don't believe it. Can you imagine that? Forty-eight percent of the pastors in America said, we do not believe that God literally created the earth in seven literal days. We do not believe that. Or six literal days. We do not believe that. We do not believe the Genesis account of creation. What's the devil doing? If he attacks the doctrine in Genesis, he'll take it the rest of the way. You can't open the very first chapter up and say, I don't believe that. That's not, no, that's not what it means. And then believe the rest of the Bible. They went on in that survey. They said 200 students, theological students, were asked the same question. Now listen to this. These are people whom fathers and mothers are sending them off to some liberal Bible college. 
supposedly to learn something about the Bible. God deliver us from some of those Bible school preachers. Man, they're good. My grandson just graduated and was out working in the church and his wife graduated last May and June, got married the next week and two weeks later they were working for Victory Baptist Church out in New Hampshire. Hey, hey, some Bible schools are good. Some are of the devil. 200 students were asked the same question. 5% said they did. 5%. 6% said they were uncertain. 89% said they did not believe it. Nah, 89%, 89 out of 100. They asked 289 out of 100 said, I don't believe. What in the world are they going to, into the ministry for? See, the landmarks, even in our Bible colleges, uh, are being denied and being removed unless you and I guard the landmarks say that shall not happen here at Hope Baptist Church as long as I'm a member of Hope Baptist Church. Going to determine we're not moving those landmarks. We'll change those things when it comes to our building. We'll change those things in the parking lot and those things to attract people. But when it comes to the Bible, we're not budging. We're not, guard, we're not moving. We're going to guard those landmarks. Why, nothing but a hypocrite would stand in the pulpit and preach the Word of God, a Bible that he did not believe. Number one tonight, I've got to pick up speed, amen? Number one tonight, the landmark concerning Jesus Christ must never be moved. Now, I know maybe some of these things I kind of referred to this morning, but in case you didn't get it, I want to be a little bit more dogmatic tonight. And I want to be a little bit more forceful. Get us to see the fact there's some things that must not be changed tonight. Uh, and the doctrine of Jesus Christ, uh, it must not be tampered with. Uh, oh, the Bible said, the Lord Himself, uh, the Lord Himself shall give you a son. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bring forth a son, and that shall call His name Emmanuel, meaning God be with us. Uh, devil rewrites the Bible, promotes it as a better version, uh, but perfection cannot be improved on. Man, I have a perfect Bible. You can't improve uh, on perfection tonight. Uh, it just can't happen. Uh, you and I must guard the, the landmark uh, and must not allow it to be tampered with. It teaches us that Jesus Christ uh, was virgin born. Uh, hey, listen, uh, they destroy the teaching of the Word and changes, uh, uh, for instance, as a new international version. You can look it up. I'll go online and pull it right up. The New International Version uh, changes virgin to a young lady. Now, you read there's behold, uh, the Lord himself shall give you a sign. Behold, a young lady shall have a son. That happens every day, does it not? There's a world of difference in a young lady and a virgin. God said, Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bring forth a son. Uh, he didn't say a young lady. Uh, she was a young lady, but she was virgin born. You see, they tampered with it. Take that landmark. Let's change virgin to a young lady. I thought, my goodness, that's been going on since Adam and Eve in the garden. But I'll tell you, there's only been one virgin birth. There's only been one child that was born uh, without a human father and his name was Jesus. Uh, hey, and he's still that way today. It'll always be that way. Uh, oh, listen, you and I need to stand for the landmarks concerning Christ. What about the resurrection? The Bible said in Romans 4.25, who was delivered for our offenses, raised again for our justification. 
You have to have a resurrected Savior tonight. Person cannot be saved. Now listen, I, let, me, let me say it again. Person cannot be saved apart from a resurrected Christ tonight. I had a guy in a church that tried to argue with me one time. and He said, well, I, I believe, you know, I believe, uh, for instance, in creation, but he said, I, I, a little different than you. He said, I, I think maybe when, when, when God made a man, he made him, let's say, without hands and without toes. Boy, sometimes we have some stupid dreams, man. And he said, over a period of time, man evolved from having no fingers to having fingers. You go to great lengths to destroy the Word of God. My God didn't, hey, by the way, he didn't, create a, he, he didn't create a little boy and let him grow up. He created a full-grown full man. Somebody said, you know, I, I just can't believe in creation because the scientists studied the rocks and they've been around for millions of years. I said, I wonder if he'd, have, if he'd have got that. I wonder if the medical doctor and the scientists would have got Adam and Eve alone and gave him an examination. Gave him a good physical. I wonder if they'd have said, man, he's half, hour, half an hour old. He was a full-grown man when God created him. Had the appearance of age, did he not? So then why can't God create a world and give it the appearance of age? If he can, if he can create a man and put him in the garden fully grown and give him a helpmate fully grown, hey, I, I believe, therefore, he could create a world the same way. Man, the great lens we try to go to. I'm just saying guard the lamb. Don't you let that nonsense creep into your church tonight. Preacher, the devil that tries best to get you to doubt little things like that throughout the time. Just remember, God is in control tonight. You and I have the responsibility to guard the landmarks. Can't be saved apart from a resurrection. Physical resurrection. Where's the scripture? I'm glad you asked. Romans chapter 10, verse 9. We quote it all the time, 9 and 10. If thou shalt confess with the mouth the Lord Jesus Christ, believe in thy heart, what? That God hath what? Raised him from the dead. Thou shalt be saved. Can't be saved apart from believing in a resurrected Christ. It can't happen. Everything else is religion. Christianity stands alone on the doctrine of a resurrected Christ. Hey, the blood of Christ must not be tampered with. Salvation, the doctrine of salvation must not be tampered with. Uh, hey, 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 the resurrection must not be tampered with tonight. The blood of Christ in whom we have redemption through His blood. Can't be saved apart from the blood of Christ tonight. You can't work good enough, hard enough, fast enough, long enough. It's by Christ and what He did on Calvary. Uh, so then Christ's blood was the redemption price paid for our salvation. Nearly every translation, and I've read a lot of them, and uh, for years I had them, not because I wanted to read them, but because I was so vocal against them, I had to know something about them. So I, I compared Scripture with Scripture, and I got rid of most now, but I'm familiar. I can take you most any translation, and within a couple of minutes I can show you the error in it. For instance, your King James Bible, Holy Ghost is speaking through Simon, and uh, it said, the child of the Holy Ghost, and it says his Father, it says his father uh, or his mother, uh, Joseph and his mother. That's what it is, Joseph and his mother. In other words, the, the Holy Spirit speaking there through Simon. So the Holy Spirit never acknowledges that Joseph was the father of Jesus. It says Joseph and his mother. Now, the Pharisees would say his mother and his father. 
See, so in that one verse, they will change it and they will, these new Bibles say his father and his mother. Making Joseph his father, doing away with the virgin birth of Christ. Little bitty things, little bitty verses, little bit at a time, gradually changing. Uh, changing the landmark, those ancient landmarks that are fathers uh, set up in days gone by. Uh, let me hurry on tonight. Number two, the landmark concerning salvation by faith and faith alone. Can't be tampered with. Guard it. Guard it. By the grace are you saved through faith and not of yourselves. It's what? Gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. You take, let me give an example. Baptism. Now we're saved by grace, folks. And God knows that we cannot be saved by baptism. And let me tell you this. A preacher that don't preach baptism by immersion has no place in the ministry. It's very plain. 38 times. In the New Testament, you find people being baptized by immersion. Not one time is anybody ever sprinkled. Not one time did anybody have a little water poured on their head. But for the convenience of Satan got into the church over the years and, and gradually began to say, you know, uh, yeah, it's what it symbolizes and it don't really make a big deal. And Why should we have to go change clothes? And Why should we get all wet? To, why can't we just uh, get them when they're born and put a few drops of water on their head? Now, that's widely known all across the world today. How many times have you asked somebody, they would say, well, yeah, tell me about it. I was baptized when I was a baby. First of all, you were not baptized if you had some water put on your head. You got your head wet. That's about the size of it. See, folks, little by little, the devil changed that to where that's widely accepted across America and other countries today. Somebody wasn't guarding the landmarks. I thought, read your Bible, how foolish. I mean, can you see John the Baptist taking Jesus out in the middle of Jordan, getting wet all the way up to here? I saw the movie. When they did see the movies, they're like some preachers. They don't want to offend anybody. So in the movie, they got him, and he went all the way out in the middle of the river. And then John reached down and got a cup of water and poured it on his head. Why in the world did you get him wet up to his waist to put water on his head? They were trying to satisfy those that believed in baptism by immersion, those that believe in sprinkling, those that believe in pouring. Some preachers are just like Hollywood. They want to make everybody happy. It can't be done. Listen, folks, got to guard those landmarks. Bless God, there's a baptistry and, and water. And, and when you get put in there, I said one time, I said, it's, I was preaching on baptism in the church that I pastored just before I pastored it. And I preached it. I said, you know, it's a disgrace. I had never looked in the baptistry. I said, it's a disgrace. Sometimes it'll be November, maybe October, July, and you look in there and it's filled with Christmas decoration. You use it, you use it to store your Christmas decoration. I walked over and looked in that Christmas decoration. <laughs> For a moment, I felt like crawling under the pool. Under, under the, they laughed about that later. <laughs> Listen, it's not a storage thing. That's why it has guitar cases in it, by the way. <laughs> Those are easy to remove when you get ready to baptize somebody. But you see, baptism, the reason we have it here like this and why it's that deep, is it pictures the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Christ. When you baptize that person, you, you are saying, well, is that person, that person is saying, listen, the old man has died. What do, you, what do you do with a dead man? You bury him. The old man has died. He's buried and he rose again. To walk in newness of life, that's what baptism means. It means that, plus it means I believe. 
that Jesus Christ died, was buried, and rose again the third day for my justification. Can't do away with that landmark, folks. Got to stick with it. Don't you, don't, don't fool. Don't change the landmarks. You must guide the landmarks in 2024, just like you have in 2023. Oh, first salvation and then baptism. I was working for General Motors, you know, and after a while people say, well, that's the preacher, you know, and he's a little religious. My supervisor introduced me one time, and this lady read away, she asked me a Bible question. I said, my, that's, that's strange. What made you ask me that question? She said, well, when the supervisor brought me over here to introduce you to me, he said, you've got to watch him. He's a nice fellow, but he's kind of religious. He's going to start preaching to you, so I'm just warning you before you get over here. And I thought it was kind of comical. But listen, folks, right away, right away, the world is going to try to get you to change. And anyway, they said to me, I said, what do you believe about baptism, baptizing babies? What's the Bible say? I said, the Bible don't say anything about it. And they said, what? I said, the Bible don't say anything about it, baptizing babies. I said, the Bible said, he that believeth and is baptized, first salvation comes. Then baptism, it does not save you, proves that you are. Number three, let me hurry on. The landmark concerning the church must not be tampered with. Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. This church and every God-centered church built by the Lord Jesus Christ. Don't you allow. Them folks come by and say, I don't need the church. There's something wrong with you. You need the church tonight. One guy told me the church needs me. I said, no, the church don't really need you. It made it for hundreds of years before you ever came on the scene. You need the church. Now don't misunderstand you that have joined the church and part of it, you are important in God's work. Thank God people come and we have people to preach to and to work with and all of that. You are important. But don't you get the idea that the church can't survive without you. Dr. Harry Carr, guy that laced me in the ministry some 50 years ago, went home to be with the Lord a few years back. But I, I, uh, I, I remember one time a dear lady came in and she'd been there a while. She had a business and gave good money to the church and she marched into his office one night. And she said, Preacher, I didn't like that message. And you know, Preacher, if you're going to do that and you're going to teach that, I think I'll just take my money and leave. He looked her dead in the eye. And he said, if that's the way you feel, you might ought to take your money and leave. But I give a lot of money. This church came. He said, I think maybe God will take care of it. And he said, man, he said, it hurt me. He said, I'm thinking. He said, right away the devil attacked. He said, man, you just, one thing, and you just lost so much finances coming in to help you. He said, Brother Bill, within three weeks, God gave me two or three families that ended up giving more than that dear lady did. God can, don't get the idea that the church depends upon you. Don't get the church, don't get the idea that Hope Baptist Church cannot survive without you. God is in control and God pays the bills here and he uses you to do that. But listen, if you get, a, you get all twisted up and upset and you feel you ought to take your money and go somewhere else, just remember God has somebody else that has money as well that's willing to support the church. Unless you and I get this thing right tonight, uh, we need the church. Uh, oh, I hear so many times, uh, oh, I just don't need the church. Uh, yes, you need the church. Uh, 
hey, I, I, got, I got the TV church, and now we've got the, what is it, the live stream. You know, live stream is good for shut-ins and people that are sick and all of that. But if you're healthy tonight, your place is in the house of God. Man, when that 2020 happened and we all went to live stream, I'd like to kill me, man. First couple of weeks, I got up and got dressed, got my tie and everything on just to sit down on the couch and watch it. Then I didn't feel like I was getting nothing. You know why? God said, let us not forsake the assembling of ourselves on the couch. Let us not forsake the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another so much the more, encouraging one another. And I can sit there and it's just not the same. If I was in a nursing home somewhere, thank God for it. If I'm healthy, God ought to be first in my life. I need to get up, clean up, and go to the house of God. I mean, that's biblical. It's there. You see it. Hey, in Acts chapter, I love Acts chapter 2. I've preached off it here more than one time over the years. They that gladly received this were baptized, and the same day there were added unto them 3,000 souls. What I love about that chapter, 3,000 people got saved. 3,000 people got baptized. Guess how many of them went to church? 3,000, it said. Everybody. Everybody. See, we get this idea, well, you know, it's no big deal. I mean, yeah, it's a big deal tonight. Don't you let the devil rob you of that. Don't you allow the devil uh, tonight uh, to take that landmark of the church out of your life and convince you that it is not important. It is important. You've heard me telling revivals preaching over the year how God has met my needs. I'm not going until tonight, but man, it's amazing what God has done. This old southern boy over the years, I was telling somebody today when I, I used to be embarrassed to say this and still am to some extent, but I'm just older and it doesn't bother me as much, I suppose. Preacher, when I got saved, I grew up rough. And uh, when I got saved, I had a seventh grade education. I went to the eighth a little while and one day we moved and moved from Ohio to Tennessee and we got there. I just never did go to school anymore. Then God saved me and I thought, and then he called me to preach and I'm saying, God, I can't preach. I can't, Lord, I can hardly read and write. But after five years of running, I said, Lord, I can't do it, but you can do it. I said, I'll give it what I got. And they'll laugh, they'll laugh. And if I pronounce the words wrong, they'll just have to get over it. I'm going to do what you want me to do. Twenty-five years later, I just kept doing it. Kept doing it. I'd read every book. I'd take every class. I took classes. I'd, I'd hear something on TV. I'd get, I took one one time. There used to be a fellow, some of you old-timers probably remember him. His name was a Reverend Ike. He'd say he was a Christian scientist. I didn't know what he was. I just got him saved. I'm interested in preaching, you know. He'd say, Reverend Ike, he said, if you want your pie in the sky and eat it too, then Reverend Ike's not your man. But you want your pie here and now, Reverend Ike's your man. What's he saying? I don't believe the Bible. He said, I don't believe in heaven hereafter. Man, I, I listened out a time or two and I thought there's something wrong with this guy. I turned that boy off. You know why? When I got saved, the Holy Spirit came in. Amen. He began to show them. I got hooked up. I got hooked in with a seven-day Adventist. Had Bible. Put the thing in my free Bible lesson. I thought, free Bible lesson? Sounds good to me. I want to study the Bible. They say it's free and I can learn. So I filled a little format and they sent me, preacher, they sent me a, a lesson. First two or three was pretty good. And then all at once they said, and I've only been saved a couple of years. All at once they said this. They said, now, 
Now, the seventh day is really Saturday. Well, it is. You know, we worship the first day of the week. But they said you've got to keep Saturday. You have to go to church on Saturday in order to be saved, they said. And I'm thinking, I just read in the book of Acts something different. They said on the first day of the week, they came together to break bread. On the first day of the week. Didn't say on Saturday. That's Jewish law. I'd already learned that. So I, I sat down and I wrote the guy a letter. I wrote the guy a letter and I said, you know, you were saying that in order for me to be saved, I've got to go to church on the seventh day. And I said, over here in the book of Acts, the Bible said they met together and on the first day of the week and Paul was long preaching. They even had a night service. And the fellow fell out the window and died. Remember the story? They didn't meet on Saturday. They said the first day of the week. Now he did have enough character, I suppose, to write me back. He said, now I see that the Baptist has already gotten a hold of you and indoctrinated you. I didn't know what a Baptist was. I read the Bible. I began to read the Bible. I saw it. That Reverend Ike, I didn't finish that story. I wrote him and I said, would you please, when I found out what it was, would you do me a favor? Would you take my name off your mailing list? He, he, they wouldn't do it. I just kept getting the literature. And I, I wrote three or four letters. Take my name off the mailing list. Why? I want to guard the landmarks and I'd just gotten saved. So finally, I got a letter one day. I guess sometimes I've always maybe been a little mischievous. Got a letter and it said, we're going to go into the tower. Maybe it was New Year's. I don't know. We're having an all-night prayer meeting. So if you'll write your prayer request on this paper and send it to us, guaranteed you'll get an answer. Man, a bulb went off in my head. A light went off. I grabbed me a piece of paper and I said, my prayer request is you take my name off of your mailing list. <laughs> Forty years ago, I haven't heard from them since. I thought, well, man, bless God, their prayer worked that night, I guess. I thought, I got him now, man. He just said, guaranteed to get an answer. I've been begging him to take my, I was embarrassed for the mailman to bring that trash to my door. I'm saying we need to guard the landmarks tonight. You and I ought to stand for the truth of the Word of God. It may upset some people, but that's all right. Unless you and I... And let, let me just jump over and mention this one briefly here. And this one here... Uh, man, I wish I had an hour for this one, but we don't. I'll just mention it and run from it. Not because I'm scared to talk about it. You've heard me preach very much. You know I'm not fearful to talk about it. That landmark concerning godly living. I said that landmark concerning godly living must not be removed, must not be tampered with tonight. God saved you and I not to be like the world, but to be different from the world. God expects, he said his people are peculiar people. You and I are to be different than the world. Oh, I could give you scripture after scripture, but I'll not do it. A homosexuality being adapted by many who profess to be believers. Romans chapter 1 deals with that. Not mention the Old Testament. Somebody say, well, nothing in the New Testament about it. Read Romans, would you please? You don't only have to read chapter number 1. It talks about men being with men and women being with women. And it said God has given them over to a reprobate mind. Don't tell me the Bible doesn't, the New Testament doesn't condemn it. Very plainly in it. Now in 1 Corinthians, Paul said such, and he named some of those, feminine, which were son of you. He told the church, which were, but when God saved you, he changed you. I'm saying godly living ought to be preached from our pulpits. 
God saved you and I not to act like the world, but to be an example to the world tonight. Uh, social drinking. I mentioned that in Sunday school this morning. Here's one that I haven't mentioned in a long time. Living together outside of marriage. Man, that's all over the place, preacher. Man, that is accepted in many Baptist churches today. Bless God, I'll preach against it. I'll die preaching against it. The Bible is the Bible and God condemns it. If you love her enough to live with her, you ought to marry her. Boy, I love her, preacher. Fella came to me to the rescue mission this dear lady years ago. Her and her boyfriend live in, whatever coming. And they sharing with me the problems. We're in private in the office at the Pontiac Rescue Mission back years ago. And I said to her, I said, you know, if he loved you, he'd marry you. He's standing right there. He gets all upset. I said, I can prove to you he does not love you because if he loved you, he wouldn't marry you. Folks, sometimes, we listen, if we're going to preach the book, let's preach the book. Let's be honest with God. Well, they'll get all mad. Hey, I'm still standing here tonight. Oh, he didn't like it. Listen, tonight, you and I need to speak out against, we've got to guard these landmarks tonight. Christians are new creatures in Christ Jesus. You and I must, the Bible said, let our light so shine before men. They may see our good works and glorify the Father which is in heaven, right? That's why God said, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things have passed away. Preachers and teachers who are right with God will still preach the same thing that Jesus Christ preached. Let me give you this two verses or so and I'll wrap it up. Listen to what Jesus said. The Apostle Paul said it, but he's talking about Jesus. He said, if any man teach otherwise, you're going through You're going through 1 Timothy, is it? If you're not there, you will be because it's in the 6th chapter and it said this when you get to verse 3 and 4. If any man teach otherwise, consent not to wholesome words, even the words of our Lord Jesus Christ, he is proud, knowing nothing. Preacher God said, if you and I teach anything other than what Jesus Christ taught, we are we don't know anything. Now let me read the verse again. If any man teach otherwise, and consent not to wholesome words, even the words of our Lord Jesus Christ, and to the doctrine which is according to godliness, he is proud, proud knowing nothing. God said if we don't preach that doctrine of godliness, godlike, now we're all sinners, don't, don't get hair out of order here, we're all sinners, but that's not a license to sin. We ought to have a desire to be more like him. We ought to have a desire to grow and be more like the Lord Jesus Christ. Hey, I, I want to quote that verse again. If any man teach otherwise, and consent not to wholesome words, uh, even the doctrine of our Lord Jesus Christ and the doctrine of, uh, of godliness, he is proud, knowing nothing. Boy, God, let me just reinterpret that. God is saying you're pretty stupid. He says you don't know nothing. If you don't teach the doctrine of godliness, God expects us to be different. Maybe you're here tonight, and maybe you're visiting from somewhere else. Maybe these landmarks are gradually being removed. Then if they are being removed, you ought to be in a place where they're not being removed. You that are here tonight, and you're members of the Hope Baptist Church, you ought to thank God to got a church tonight still guarding the landmarks. You've been guarding them. I've been in a prayer room, and I've been coming here a long time, and I haven't seen doctrinal change. All the change that I've seen here in the last few years is good change. 
good, godly, biblical change. But thank God I haven't seen those landmarks being moved. Well, then why preach to us? Why tell us about it? It's called preventative maintenance. Don't wait till your car breaks down and then try to fix it. Try to do a little preventative maintenance. Save yourself a lot of money and headache later. But just catching things before they go bad. Oh, Manzos comes in. I tell folks when I go in, I don't have anything new. I'm not looking for anything new. I'm not pastoring. I'm in Evangelist. So I come in with nothing new. A lot of the things I say, I say over and over and over again. Why? I'm just trying to reinforce what your pastor's been teaching you all along. I say it with a different voice, different style. But the same thing he's been teaching. Guard the landmarks. Guard them. Don't let them run. Don't, don't let the devil deceive you tonight. Guard them landmarks. Would you stand with me tonight? Pianist comes and begins to play softly. Our Father, tonight we're grateful for these moments you've given us. So God, help us tonight.